Hello, and welcome to the Colt Ranger Show, episode 110. We hit 100 a long time ago, and since then, our, uh, our episode recordings have been less than uh, consistent. I'll be honest with you, but that, that is a lot. That's mostly my bad. I'll be honest with you. My school, my school schedule is tough this year, and I'm trying to do sports and stuff. So mostly, I mostly like I'm not always busy at like 10 o'clock at night, but I'm mostly like just super tired at 10 o'clock at night. So we're not always, but hey, this is back to back weeks. We're getting back into it. And this is going to be our week eight uh, discussions. Hopefully we'll be able to, I really want to get some power rankings this week. I'm not going to make any promises with that, but I think that'd be pretty cool. Some mid-season power rankings. We wanted quarter season power rankings back in, back a while ago, but we never did actually get to that. Um, I, I do apologize. I'm feeling a little bit under the weather. My, uh, my throat's a little bit dry and my nose is just a little bit, I'm just a little bit congested, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. So it sounds just a little bit different. Everyone, I see like, hear so many people say that, like, like, uh, people that make podcasts and stuff and they're like sorry i sound like so bad today and i can't tell any difference so if i don't sound any different then i guess that's good but i am a little bit uh congested as i said so if there's any difference that's probably why it's not too bad if there's any i don't notice really anything it's not bad yeah we, we don't have some crazy high-tech uh audio setup to say the least so <laughs> it probably won't sound that much different <laughs> very true very true but you know how we started off here joe since the last episode just a few days ago how was your week my week has been uh it's been qu- quite quite the average week or quite you know quite the average amount of time there was the nfl trade deadline and i was monitoring that uh moderately you know nothing crazy happened though other than one big trade that's pretty big it's regarding a, one of one my big trade, but it didn't really happen during the deadline yeah, it happened like a couple of days before. So uh, that, that one of my regarding one of my favorite players actually, or one of the players that I like a lot. And uh, there's obviously a funny story if you're an OG fan. You're probably giving it away at this point, but I don't want to. If you're an OG <laughs> Colton Joshua fan, then you probably know who I'm talking about. But um, other than that, you know, I've just been grinding out some basketball after school every day. It's been starting, so I've been doing a lot of that. Um, just just going through the. The day, the school, I always say, I always end up saying this, school becomes such a grind when it gets to this point of the year. It's just like, when is Christmas break? I'm, I'm ready for Christmas and Thanksgiving, not kind of fun stuff to come up. But with that being said, how was your week? How was your time since the last time we recorded? Um, It's been good. Um, As you guys know, if you were listening to the last episode, I, I had COVID when we were doing the last episode. I just uh, am officially, this is my first day out of quarantine today so i got back to school today finally um got back to practice today we're just, we're also uh starting back our like our unofficial official practices are starting now pretty much like it's like training camp where it's still we're not too mid we're not to the point of mandatory practices yet but like you're still like basically required to be there um so we we started that up um you know, everything's going pretty well. Um, our team's looking a lot better than we did last year, which is good. Um, but yeah, the past you know weekend and stuff, all I really did it was rough. I had a rough Halloween. Um, it just kind of sucks when you, you know, you just go online and everyone's out hanging out, doing hanging out with their friends, partying, going to Halloween parties, trick or treating, passing out candy, and I just got to be sitting in my bedroom on quarantine. <clears throat> I was uh, 
that was a little rough. But, um, you know, we're here. We're out of quarantine now. I got to see all my friends today, and, uh, and life is good. Sounds good. I was wondering that. I didn't know how long your uh, quarantine time was uh, lasted, but good to know you're out. Just nice to today. see, obviously. Yeah. If I if I give you a couple coughs while I'm on the air, I do apologize, but I'm still recovering from the symptoms a little bit. But um, so I guess time for the news. Um, you guys know how we do it, and we're gonna start off with a very big piece of news that just came out today, and it's uh, a saddening piece of news for sure. Um, so we we got news yesterday that um Vegas second year wide receiver Henry Ruggs, who's been having kind of a you know really solid season this year, um, really developing some chemistry with Derek Carr. He was in a serious car accident. That was reported yesterday. Um, <clears throat> he was taken to the hospital. He was treated for some you know minor injuries and nothing serious. Is then that's all that we knew. Um, but then today it came out that um, the person that he was in the car crash with, uh, the person that he hit in the car crash uh, passed away and he he was tested on the at the time after the crash and he apparently showed signs of impairment um, mm. basically showing the police that he was intoxicated uh, people went on his and found old like his old snapchat and found out that that night he was at top golf drinking um, he put that on a snapchat story like and you could see in the corner of like it was just a picture of like him, him and top golf like at the corner you can see like alcohol so um he is actually being charged with a felony of dui resulting in death which if you guys don't know that is a serious serious charge that's no that's not like sometimes we see nfl players get felonized and that's obviously a big deal either way but there's a difference between like the usual like possession of a weapon like frank clark got and felony with you know DUI resulting in death. That's like that, that, that cost a yeah. person's life. Um, yes, I is, think there's a little bit of a difference there. We definitely um, we give our condolences out to the family of <clears throat> of the person that passed away. Um, Henry Ruggs obviously um, was that's just one of the most stupid decisions you can make. Drunk driving is never okay. And really, in terms of football, um, I don't think Henry Ruggs will ever be playing football again. Um, if I had to. Throw my little guess on it. Throw my give my two cents. I don't think Henry Ruggs will ever be playing football again. I think, obviously, there's <clears throat> like it or not, you know, it's all that's unfair. But in the U.S., there's a, there's always gonna be celebrities are always gonna get treated a little nicer. Celebrities that commit crimes always just you know somehow can get off with a little you know lower sentence. And but um, I'm I think from what I've read, I think that. The minimum sentence for like the UI result is two to twenty years. Yeah, it's a two to twenty year jail sentence. So, um, <clears throat> there's a good chance that that uh, Henry Ruggs will be in jail for the next couple of years, and it's rough. He was a great, he was a good young receiver, first round pick last year, first receiver off the board last year, uh, out of Alabama, speedster, really starting to develop chemistry with Derek Carr. It's it's really sad to see things go down like this. So our condolences go to the family for sure. Yeah, it's, it's sad all around. Yeah, because as you said, he was a, a promising young guy, but he, he threw it away. It was something that's really dumb. As you said, that's really like, that's one of the stupidest things you can do as just like a person in general, let alone like a person that's very famous and obviously got publicized. And now everyone knows you're kind of like just, that's just kind of a, 
it's it's very uh i don't want to say inconsiderate because it's obviously a little bit more serious than like what that word would mean but yeah. uh, that's just it's really dumb <laughs> I, like yeah. i i don't know what you what's going through your mind then and he, like his twitter a lot of there's a lot of stuff on his twitter about like one of it like one of his, his friends skills oh yeah there's there's that he was like i'm a good driver don't worry about me or something like that he like uh, a quoted tweet but his like twitter header is the gravestone of like one of his friends that died in a car accident and stuff so it's like it's such a it's a weird situation but yeah i, I have to agree with you i don't think we're gonna be seeing uh henry ruggs playing football again although we've seen crazier things happen we have uh like there's a lot of people that's a very serious thing i can imagine there's a lot of uh evidence just because of the nature of the crime it's easy to test and uh you know the evidence is there they crashed and the person died so (laughs) you know um but like likely as he said uh Right, rest yeah. in peace, obviously. Yeah, for sure. T- for tough sure. set of um, news, but... Yeah. Um, <clears throat> moving on from that somber piece of news, um, I guess to another piece of news that's kind of somber in its own right. Um, Calvin Ridley, uh, star receiver for the Atlanta Falcons. He's having a little bit of a down season this year, um, <clears throat> statistically, after the departure of Julio Jones. But Calvin Ridley, um, there were some talks of, you know, maybe he was, he was like, missing some practice this week. Was he going to play? Was he not going to play? Um, he came out before the Falcons uh, game this week and said that he is stepping away from football um, to focus on his mental health <clears throat> for the next little bit. Um, so, obviously, he's not going to be on the field for the Falcons. He's the number one receiver. That's going to be really rough for Matt Ryan company. Um, but, um, you know, respect the decision. Calvin Ridley stepping away for his mental health. That's stuff that, you know, a lot of people have praised him about. His former head coach, Dan Quinn, came out and talked about how proud he was. Um, you know, it's a, it's a respectable decision. It's obviously not good for fantasy perspective. It's not good for Matt Ryan and the Falcons. But um, it's a move that, you know, it's something that we've seen before. And it's something it's that, you know, obviously. It's a business decision. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. Obviously, a per- personal health is uh, is the most important thing for players. And I respect that. So. Calvin Ridley is going to be out for a while. Uh, we got a couple more injuries. Um, this one's really tough for me to swallow because if you guys remember back to our episode that we did um, in the offseason about our favorite players, this guy was on my favorite players list. Uh, Daniil Hunter suffered an injury in their <clears throat> in the Vikings' loss to the Cowboys on Sunday night. Um, he suffered an injury that Minnesota fears could be a season-ending torn pack injury, which is really, really tough for Minnesota. Um, obviously, a team that's kind of wishy-washy, you know, will they, won't they, how how good can Minnesota really be? And he's, you know, pro- apart from Eric Kendricks and maybe Harrison Smith, you know, one of the best defenders on the team, <clears throat> one of the best edge rushers in all of football, and just one of my favorite players. <clears throat> so it's just rough to see Daniel Hunter. Um, we're not 100% sure, you know, the MRIs aren't officially back yet, but nobody, we don't know what that's going to be. Um, Derek Henry, I'm sure you guys have all heard about this as well. Derek Henry, he suffered a foot injury. It was thought that it would probably be season-ending, but then the MRIs came back, and um, he, he had his foot surgery, and it's 
the recovery time is looking like six to ten weeks, and reportedly the Titans are thinking that they're going to get him back this week or this year. Um, they're confident that if they can't get him back in the regular season, if they make the playoffs, that they'll be able to have him for that. But will they be able to? A whole different story because they rely so heavily on Derrick Henry. Um, I will admit A.J. Brown the past couple of weeks has been very good for them. But Tannehill's had a, a year where he's been struggling a lot this season. Um, Derrick Henry has kind of been the tight saving grace this entire season. And he's going to be out for six to ten weeks, so that's really tough. In wake of that, they went out and signed uh, veteran Adrian Peterson. Obviously, we all know and love all day. ADAP, Adrian Peterson, one of the greatest running backs of all time. Um, he's back. Signed Tennessee to a one-year deal. So what, the, the question for me, I don't know whether or not he's going to really see the field that much. Like how much he's going to play. You would think that he would see the field a lot. But like running back Jeremy McNichols. It's had a solid season, especially in the receiving game. They've had Darrington Evans for a while. And so it's like, is this going to be a scenario where Adrian Peterson comes in as the back? Or is this going to be like what happened in Baltimore, where you bring in Le'Veon Bell and Devontae Freeman just for them to not play? And, you know, for you to just play Latavius Murray and Tyson Williams. Um, but we'll see what happens with that. And then the last couple of injuries we have here, uh, Jack Conklin. Uh, is going to miss uh, multiple weeks, quote, with a dislocated elbow. Um, they're mulling whether or not they need to put him on the injury reserve. Um, they're not 100% sure yet. <clears throat> we'll, we'll see if that's to come. But Jack Conklin is an all-pro. He was an all-pro uh, right tackle last season. Um, just a really solid player. And then the one that's really – another one that really tore me up, uh, James Winston tore his ACL versus the uh, Buccaneers this week. Trevor Simeon had to come in the game because Taysom Hill was out. Um, so moving forward, Taysom Hill will most likely be a uh, starting quarterback, though Trevor Seaman did do a very good job this week. Um, <clears throat> that's really rough. James was having a really solid season. Um, I think he was top 10 in the league in passer rating. Um, it, it's just rough for Jameis. Um, <clears throat> obviously, he's a guy that a lot of us love. We like to root for him. He's a great personality. Everybody loves him. He's just a, you know, he's just a hilarious dude, um, and he's so fun to watch. Um, this season he's coming. He's really cut down on the turnovers. He's been a lot more of an efficient quarterback this season, and it's just it's really rough to see him go down for the season. Um, and that really hamper, puts a hamper on on the Saints' playoff hopes as they just went out and signed Mark Ingram, and then immediately there goes your quarterback. So uh, Calvin Ridley stepping away from football. Uh, Daniel Hunter may have suffered season-ending pec injury. Derek Henry out six to ten weeks. Tennessee signs Adrian Peterson in that wake. Conklin's going to miss multiple weeks. James Winston is out for the year. Yeah, I, I mean, <clears throat> these are all some some tough injuries. But uh, I think the, the two most important, the two most influential here, is obviously Derrick Henry one. This is, that's huge. Derrick Henry is really like the workhorse. And um, he was someone who was like on pace to have like a, a historic year again. Sadly, looks like that, the stat-wise, it's not going to happen. But... Uh, Adrian Peterson, he's, I mean, when he played for Detroit last and even Washington, he wasn't bad. He was a solid player. He wasn't how he used to be, but he gets to make some solid moves. Uh, on occasion, I'd still get some, like, highlights and stuff. Like, nothing, obviously nothing like he used to be because he's 35. Uh, but it's a solid signing. He has a similar play style. So I could see him getting into play some. Uh, I, I think it's going to be more of a two-headed monster backfield because neither of them have a combined skill set. Like, to combine, they can have a good skill set, is what I'm trying to say. But I, I can't imagine, um, if you're, like, a big fantasy player, that 
Adrian Peterson's going to have too big of a fantasy year. But maybe McNichols could. I think he could be better because McNichols he's a little bit. having a solid season. Yeah, I think he could pick it up That's a lot from more. from a receiving standpoint, at least. Yeah. And then, obviously, Jameis Winston, that's a tough one. We saw him dancing around in the locker room if you're uh, following social media. He was out there. Obviously, uh, he his, uh, he's not down in spirits, although he was having a very good year. I am down in spirits because of that, uh, his injury. Yeah, but, as am I. <laughs> uh, hopefully, we'll see him come back next year uh, and play at a similar higher level because, yeah, he, he was really – starting to pick up, like, a, a really efficient style of play that was more conducive for the NFL. He wasn't 30 and 30. He was closer to 30 and 15. <laughs> you know, he, he still got a little bit of his risk-taker mentality, but that's really, like, a part of his uh, play style that was effective, you know, and cutting down on the turnovers is a lot better. So it's tough there. All the injuries are tough. Uh, you know, those are big names. But Taysom Hill... Is uh like I don't think the Saints the Saints aren't gonna make the playoffs probably, but not anymore. Uh, they they had a good shot with Winston. Yeah, but they'll still win some games. They're they're a team that I'd put on upset alert. Like they're still good, and Taysom Hill can go out and put up numbers. And like he's a solid guy. He's just not like a a prototype quarterback. So yeah, and I mean don't forget that they won a lot of games with uh, Taysom Hill. And uh, Teddy Bridgewater last season. Don't forget. Don't forget. Yeah, and even Trevor Simeon. Or Teddy they won with Trevor Simeon. So, like. But they were, yeah, they just won with Simeon and they were winning a lot of games with Hill and Winston, the sparing amount of time they let Winston play last season. But. Um, next on, we're going to get to the actual trades. Um, the trade deadline was today, the day of uh, we're recording this. And it was not as interesting as we would have expected. Um, the most interesting trade here happened uh, like yesterday or the day before or something. Um, Denver, tra- the, the biggest trade for sure, Denver traded star pass rusher Von Miller uh, to the LA Rams for a 2022 second round pick and a third round pick. Um, and there was talks even this offseason that Von Miller might get moved. Uh, I'm sure Joe will allude to this, what he's going to talk about in, in just a minute as, as he predicted Von Miller to get moved. Um, but I think we might have both. I don't remember what I said about Von Miller. But <clears throat> this Rams team is so scary. <clears throat> I saw this meme. Obviously, this wasn't the first round pick, but I saw this meme and it was like the Rams traded or the Rams used a first round pick on Jerry Goff and it didn't work out and immediately said, We're done with this. We're not taking any more first round picks again. But um, they currently hold three picks in the entire draft the next season and there's three the first one is in like the fifth round like they are all in for these next couple of seasons when they have and honestly i don't blame them uh, their team is very good um they have obviously stafford super cop has been involved in a potentially the best quarterback wide receiver deal in the nfl their defense started by the three-headed monster of aaron donald von miller and jalen ramsey they are all in and you know they might be the top team in the league they might just be the top team in the league right now. Um, but other trades we have, really, there were a couple of little trades, but there's only one other one that was really anything notable, um, and that was Pittsburgh trading uh, address rusher Melvin Ingram to Kansas City for a six-round pick. 
Uh, Melvin Ingram signed with the Steelers knowing that, you know, there was going to be a little bit of a competition between him and Alex Highsmith um, for that spot. Joe and I talked about this a little bit. Um, <clears throat> there's the one side of it. It's like Melvin Ingram knew what he was getting into when he signed with the Steelers, and it's kind of not right of him to sign with the Steelers. And then knowing that, you know, he might lose time to Alex Highsmith and then wanting to leave after that. That's kind of what Tomlin said. <clears throat> um, they traded him, and Tomlin came out today and was like, we want volunteers, not slaves. Or like, and then he's like, All right, I want people who don't want to be here. And he was like, talking, just talking about how like <clears throat> Ingram knew what he was getting into, basically. Um, and yeah, there's that point. But I, I kind of think of it. <coughs> um, I kind of think of it early in the season. Ingram and Highsmith were kind of splitting snaps. And I'm gonna say they were both doing very well. Um, but honestly, the pressure that Melvin Ingram was causing in those first couple of weeks, like, he was a great player. Um, he was amazing on those first couple of weeks. And, you know, basically he came out and said he thinks he's a better starter than Alex Highsmith, and he's not – he just really was not seeing the field at all. He was getting the same amount of reps as guys like Jameer Jones, um, <clears throat> which is just not acceptable. And uh, honestly, if he – you know, he wanted to get traded somewhere where he could really prove his talent, prove his worth, and play. And honestly, I'm fine with it. Um, I wish he was still on the Steelers. Obviously, we're both Steelers fans, but I understand uh, the scenario. Kansas City was the first team to offer the Steelers a, uh, a pick for him. They preferred to trade in the NFC is what they said, but um, then I guess Kansas City was probably the only team that figured out an offer because it was only a six-round pick, so they ended up trading in the Kansas City. Yeah, that's a weird situation with uh, Moe Ingram, but, you know, it's probably it's a good business decision for him, honestly, because yeah, his his playing time is significantly decreased, and uh, he's playing good before. He's got a little bit of injury stuff going on, but I'm assuming in KC he'll be able to be utilized more. Their defense definitely needs a little bit of help. So for a six round pick, it's a good move for them. It's a good move for him. Uh, as a Steelers fan, I was hoping to stick around a little bit longer, but I get it. Um, and then uh, obviously the Von Miller trade. Von Miller, one of my favorite players. Uh, he was on my favorite players list. And um, he's a little bit – he's infamous for me because I predicted him to win Defensive Player of the Year uh, <laughs> at the very beginning of the podcast. Obviously, that did not happen. He actually, like, tore his ACL and missed the whole year. So uh, <laughs> that is one of my – that's up there. That was – it was, like, my second or third or fourth worst take when we did that list uh, was that – because there was a lot of – I had a lot of Broncos love, so it was all kind of wrapped up in a one. But um, yeah, I, I it's interesting. The Rams are I don't know who's stopping the Rams because right now Aaron Donald is getting like double and triple teamed. It's absolutely insane. He's not going to be able to get that. Like if he triple team him, then Aaron Donald's gonna. I'm not Aaron Donald. Von Miller is gonna get like it's gonna be so easy. It's gonna be too easy. Uh, so. I expect on uh, Aaron Donald's production to go up in addition to Von Miller. Uh, his stats will probably, I mean, I don't know if they'll increase that much, but he's obviously a very good player. He's a veteran, but uh, still very, very good. And um, you forgot about Duvernay Tardif. I almost or, put that on here, but I decided against it. Dr. Duvernay Tardif. Um, got traded to the Jets, which ripped ripped the career of Dr. Duvernay Tartif. 
Yeah. He got traded for, like, a backup tight end, too. Yeah, that's true. But to be honest, the Jets could use any tight end they, they could get. They don't have Herndon anymore, so their starting tight end is Tyler Croft. It's not not good. Yeah, that's that's weird. I'm not sure why. I mean, I thought he was pretty good. I don't know if he was a good offensive lineman or not, to be honest. But he's just, like, a more popular name. Yeah. I'm trying to find um, it so I can figure out what his name is, but I can't find the post. Yeah, I don't remember, but <laughs> nobody is important. Um, and then the last things we're going to have here, we have a couple of uh, players being released. <clears throat> the Rams are releasing wide receiver Deshaun Jackson. Um, we talked about this last week as he requested a trade, and obviously no trade partners were found, so they just released him. Um, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods absorbing the big targets we knew that was going to happen but we saw early season that that Deshaun Jackson was somebody that was capable of getting up and getting uh getting those deep balls still having some wheels and he's really not getting any time uh Van Jefferson took a spot in the starting lineup and then Tutu Atwell has been taking some of his snaps as well and he just really hasn't been seen the field that much and he really believes he can play I think I really believe he can play still so um hopefully he'll sign somewhere soon and then Green Bay is releasing Jalen Smith already um <clears throat> Jalen Smith was on Dallas for a while. He was like the most promising linebacker for years. They drafted Micah Parsons. He was like their best linebacker, and then they just they cut him. <coughs> Obviously, a log jam there for them at the linebacking core. Um, he signs with Green Bay, which everyone thinks is really good. He doesn't really get as many snaps as we expect um, the first couple of weeks. Um, we see, just like last week, Rashawn Gary and Devondre Campbell. Campbell both had really nice weeks, and the Packers are like, okay, I've seen enough. Uh, Jalen Smith is out of here. So Jalen Smith will probably be signing with another team soon as he's still a young player and still um, an efficient player. But Sean Jackson, Jalen Smith, both uh, on the on the chopping block there. So Yeah, I wonder where D. Jackson is going to sign. I bet it's going to be a contending team. I would, I would bet. He's just in that point of his career. But, yeah. yeah. I would... Um, but now we get into what we effectively call the meat and potatoes of the episode here. As <clears throat> we have our week eight uh, analysis of all the games, we're going to go through some a little bit more than others, as we usually do. If you've been around for a little while, you know what's going on. Um, we'll start off with the Thursday night football game, Green Bay Packers versus Arizona Cardinals. The battle at, at the time, a 6-1 and team versus a 7-0 and team. Um, and who is the best team in the league? These are two of the best teams in the league. Um, Kyler Murray versus Aaron Rodgers. And honestly, <clears throat> this was a very good game. But you all saw it. The final like the final play of the game, Arizona's down by three. All they have to do is not turn the ball over, and the game is at least going to overtime. <clears throat> and then what do you know? <clears throat> Kyler Murray throws a pass to A.J. Green, try to win the game. And A.J. Green does not look for the ball. A.J. Green is turned He's around. He's dumbfounded. Never once turns his head to look for the ball. <clears throat> Never thinks of the possibility that the ball is being thrown his way. And it gets picked by Rasul Douglas, who was just who was signed by them like off of the Cardinals practice squad like early in the season. So like <clears throat> it was just really tough to watch. Um just AJ Green uh just completely spacing and not looking for the ball and then getting picked because of them. And it was rough. It was a hard fought game. And people love to be like, Well, Green Bay is the best team in the NFL now because they beat it. Arizona, but like that was kind of a like that was kind of a like a let's be real. Arizona should have won. Yeah, like let's be completely honest. 
if A.J. Green just turns around and looks for the ball and catches it, we're saying that Arizona is 100% the best team in the NFL right now because they're beating their 8-0, and they just beat Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, who are on a seven-game win streak. We're all saying Arizona is by far the best team in the NFL. <clears throat> but because of one play where A.J. Green doesn't turn around, we're, we're looking at Arizona and saying, oh, maybe they're not taking it. <clears throat> Come on. Kyler Murray did struggle. I'm going to give you that. But they still kept, even with Kyler Murray throwing no touchdowns and two interceptions, um, they were still within three points of Green Bay. Um, and honestly, they were a single play away from winning this game versus Green Bay. I'm not, I, I'm saying the Green Bay is one of the best teams in the leagues. I've been saying that. Um, but Arizona is as well. Don't count Arizona out of anything. I, I put no, st- I, I obviously like Kyler Murray had a really rough game. Uh, they've not played to their potential. But I'm not looking at this game and saying maybe Arizona's not as good as I thought. Not one bit am I saying that. Yeah, and like <clears throat> I, I saw some theorizing that maybe AJ Green thought it was like a run play because, yeah, he was absolutely dumbfounded after he saw that ball coming toward him. That's a pretty – that's a tough play. It was tough to watch, as he said. I think it's a pretty – like that's a pretty outlier like type of play. Like I don't think that's going to happen very often. And I think realistically, if you run that game back again, the Arizona Cardinals are going to win. And if you run it back again, the Arizona Cardinals are going to win. And I say like eight times out of ten, the Arizona Cardinals win that game. But they, you know, that's not how it ended up. But Green Bay did play a good game, I'll admit. And um, yeah, they made a, they mean there was mistakes all around. Like they, they could have been in a better position, I guess. And you know, those turn turnovers are tough and whatever, but. The run game was yeah. really bad. James Conner was like the leading uh, rusher with like 20 yards. All they were do, all that Green Bay was doing was just the dink and dunk short passes. Aaron Rodgers yeah. had like 180 yards. Like all they were doing, I I saw a thing. I don't think I think Aaron Rodgers threw a single pass that was over, like it like that was attempted over 20 yards. I mean, <clears throat> that's what you got to do. Like he didn't really have many. Uh, his, the yeah, he kind of got them depleted. He was without his receiving core. I'll give you that. His, his top three receivers were all out. Alan Lazard, uh, Marquez Valdez-Gantling, and Devontae Adams were all out. And, and Tanyan's out now, too. So. Yeah, Tanyan's out as well. So it's not like he can his expect him to do a lot. Completely depleted. So I'm not saying that Aaron Rodgers was bad for throwing a bunch of checkdowns. But you know what I'm yeah. saying. They played the, that was the game plan. But interesting game, nonetheless. Definitely came down to the wire, but. Uh, yeah, we don't. We're not. Neither sure. of us are counting up the Cardinals for sure, and uh, Green Bay. Good game, but I'm not sure. I'm willing to put them as the best team in the league for obvious reasons. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Um, moving on, Pittsburgh versus Cleveland. Pittsburgh takes the win, 15 to 10. Um, this was a good game. It's a hard-fought game. AFC North football. Baker Mayfield came into this game a little hampered. Um, as we know, there were, you know, there was a lot of uh, a lot of Cleveland players were coming off of injuries in this game. Um, <clears throat> but it was a good game for Najee Harris as he put up like a hundred something total yards with a with a nice rushing touch, nice rushing touchdown. Um, Big Ben looked pretty solid in this game, uh, like 200 yards and a touchdown. Um, <clears throat> really, it was just about stopping containing Cleveland's run game. Their run game was really contained. Um, Nick Chubb only had like 40 rushing yards. Um, and if you're able to stop the run game for Cleveland, you're you're going to be good. Cleveland, as you know, they always talk about it. Every time Cleveland's losing, it's a when Cleveland has a lead, it's very hard to take a lead from them. 
But if they don't have a lead, it's very hard for them to, to like crawl back into things. Just with their style of football, they're just so run-centric that it's so tough to be able to crawl back into a football game when you're down just being a run-centric football, such a run-centric team. They're the leading team in rushing or this season. Um, they always kind of are towards the top. But it was kind of a defensive slugfest uh, for sure. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> this wasn't like... Just, it's just a solid game, 15-10. to 10. You know how it is with the, with the AFC North football for sure. Yeah, I wouldn't say this was like an ugly game. Like a lot of games are this low scoring. They're like ugly games where like neither offense can get much going. I wouldn't say it was like that. I just think both defenses are playing at a high level. And it's hard because Chris Boswell did go down with an injury uh, on a fake a fake field goal. So like field goals were kind of out of the option. We had to go. Yeah, there, I didn't even imagine and... that. That was terrible. We did this dude should not have a kicker in the second, the entire second half of the game. Yeah, that so was ugly. They had to go. Which is why they had 15 points, because they just were forced to go for two-point conversions. Yeah, no, although this game, Hunter kicked if you the watch ball, this game. The football, and then he kicked it out of bounds on the kickoff. So they were, uh, after, that that was, play, uh, after that play, they were like, all right, we're not even going to attempt a field goal. Yeah, that was ugly. But if you watch this game, you you now know the legend of Pat Fryermuth. That man played an amazing game. He caught a really nice... Touchdown, and uh, that was the go-ahead touchdown. Just in general, was a steady set of hands, you know, playing well. So I'm not going to lie. I wasn't a huge fan of the second-round pick being a tight end this year, but it is paying off well. Yeah, he's quickly becoming. I knew as soon as we drafted him, even if he wasn't, like, the biggest talent, um, I knew Ben was going to love him. As soon as I started looking into his draft profile, I was like, Ben Roethlisberger, this is going to be Ben Roethlisberger's, like, favorite human being from now on. And, like, it is already. Like, Deontay Johnson was, like, by far Ben's favorite target, and now all of a sudden, Freemuth got, like, the first five targets of the game. And it's yeah. like, <clears throat> Deontay's an afterthought to empower Freemuth at this point. So, um, <clears throat> we'll see what happens there moving forward. But the next game is really, really a shocker. Cincinnati versus the Jets. The Jets shock Cincinnati, beating them 34-31. to <clears throat> This is another game that came down to the wire. And let me just preface this by giving my supreme praise to Mike White. He had never made an NFL start in his life. Um, comes in for the injured Zach Wilson and throws for 400 yards, three touchdowns. Look, what got into Mike White? Um... And beat the Bengals, who were, you know, potentially the hottest team in the NFL going into this week. Um, coming off of a blowout win over the Baltimore Ravens. Um, coming in as one of the hottest teams in the league. They were able to contain Jamar Chase. Um, and just absolutely just shock everybody. Um, Mike White was amazing. And there was a really, <clears throat> a really questionable call uh, towards the end of this game. Uh, the Jets were on third down. And the Bengals went out and made a, a stop to get it fourth and long to where the, the Jets were going to have to punt it back to Cincinnati. And since he was going to have a chance to come down the field and either tie or score or tie or <clears throat> or take the lead. And it was Michael Carter. Um, Michael Carter caught the pass and it was like behind the line of scrimmage or something. And Mike Hilton <clears throat> on the corner came and he hit him and they called unnecessary roughness for how much a helmet contact. But Mike Hilton was so low like Mike Hilton was so low and Michael Carter lowered his helmet and Michael Carter like lowered his body into Mike Hilton clearly 
and they called unnecessary roughness for helmet to helmet contact. And it was just, <clears throat> it was painful to watch. It was a really bad call. Some people on Twitter are calling it's the worst call in NFL history. I don't agree with that. I don't um, think that's the worst call in NFL history. That's yeah. a bad call, but. <clears throat> it's a really bad call. But um, either way, um, it was a rough call <clears throat> in it. There was, you know, did it did it determine the outcome of this game? Maybe would the outcome of this game have been different? Would Cincy have won this game had that call gone a different way? There's a high chance that Cincy would have won this game if that call went the other way. But also, if you're Cincinnati, you let the Jets score 34 points. Yeah, you let Mike White score <laughs> you let 34 Mike on your White head. White ball on your head. Yeah. Um, and it's weird because the Bengals came into the season with like three corners with like Shadobia Woozy, Mike Hilton, and like Trey Wings, and they're like, okay, our secondary is going to be locked down. We have Jesse Bates, we have Ron Bell, safeties, and their secondary is terrible. Like, those corners are getting burnt every single game. Like, <clears throat> it's so funny to watch. But anyway, this is just a rough loss for Cincy. Never should have. Obviously, you can complain about that call all you want, and yeah, you would have won if it weren't for that call, probably. Um, you still let the Jets score 34 points on you, and you should still be ashamed of yourself. Yeah, and, like, it was a bad call, but I see closer where they're coming from. If, you cannot say that's the worst call in the NFL history, if you, unless you just <clears> had not <throat> seen the Saints' uh, pass yeah. interference no call versus the Rams. That is the most egregious thing I've seen in my life. It was so clearly before the ball was even, like, close to him, they just ran into it and just fell over. Like, yeah, that that was that's the worst no call ever. I'm... I am confident in saying that, but it was pretty bad. Like, but either way, we both said it. Mike, you let Mike White go 37 of 45, 405 yards, and three touchdowns. Yeah. That and is you only sacked him twice. He basically had green pockets the whole day. Like, what? Mike White is just a man like that. Yeah. He, Mike White is the game. Really Mike White is game. basically the next coming of Peyton Manning with a little bit of Tom Brady, Lamar Jackson, and uh, Josh Allen in there. Joe was sending me Mike White memes after they won for like, <laughs> for like a while. Yeah, because <laughs> it's, it's so awesome, bro. I like Mike White. He was jamming out. He celebrates. He celebrated a lot. It was. He's like. Uh, What is Who it is like, it? Jeff? Bro, I, there's some players' names I just forget a lot. And the Broncos quarterback that I like, like Drew Locke. I forget about Drew Locke's name three times a day, I swear to you. Drew Locke used to just, like, jam out on the sidelines. And uh, that's, like, Mike White gives off Drew Locke vibes. And uh, I love it. It's just hilarious and awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, But... I guess moving on, um, that was a really interesting game. I, I will say that. That was one of the big games of the week. Um, but moving on, we have another game that was maybe the game of the week. Uh, the Titans and the Colts went into overtime. 34-31 uh, to 31 final score, the Titans win. <clears throat> and it's so hard because I'm a big Carson Wentz fan, as you guys know. And heading into this game, Carson Wentz had thrown one interception all season. And like I talked about it last time, he was he was like the lowest in the league in terms of risky passes, and he just really changed his whole game. And he, I was really happy for him. <clears throat> and he was good, doing so well. And then right at the end of the game, he threw like a like a terrible interception that like 
And like, it wasn't that bad, the first one. Or no, 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 it was. The first one was terrible. He was falling off of, like, his back foot. He was about to get a safety. Right? They were about to get a safety on him. And instead of chucking the ball out of bounds, he tried to make something out of nothing and, like, throw the ball, like, to his running back. And it gets picked off by Kevin Byard on, like, the one-yard line. And obviously, like, it's a pick six um, for Kevin Byard. And so there's that. And then they get into um, overtime. They stop the Titans. They force the Titans to punt. And then immediately, like, the first pass, Carson Wentz tries to throw a deep bomb, and it gets intercepted, and the Titans move down the field and win the game. <clears throat> and then it, it was a really good game. It kind of solidifies Tennessee as, as the number one team in the AFC South. They're, like, pretty far ahead of of the Colts. They're, like, three games ahead of the Colts at this point, so there's not much hope. Um, but it was a really good game. It was a really close game. Obviously, Derek Henry got hurt after the game, which is not something that you want to see from your franchise running back and, you know, a top five, top ten player in the league. Um, but very good game. Very good game. Yeah, definitely. This was pretty. This was a pretty egregious game by Carson Wentz. He was really looking like he was playing at a higher level. But, yeah, he made some pretty pretty bad plays. And, like, like I'm not saying he's bad. Again, like I, obviously this was just like one tough game, and you'll have those. And it wasn't even just, tough until the end too. Like he played a clean, like a very clean game until the end. Yeah, like it was solid, but um, like realistically, you'll have those. And it was still a close game. He kept it. They kept it close uh, with one of the better teams and with like one of the the most fiery offenses you'll see, like ever. <laughs> yeah. With uh, with. Was Holyoke playing today? No, um, Holyoke no, he was not. He was not. Okay, well, either way, you still had Derrick Henry for a lot of it, and AJ Brown by himself. I think AJ Brown is is a wide receiver one there these days, and I I think I said that before the year started too, but I was I don't know. If, I think you respectfully disagreed. I but. think I said that I said that Julio Jones was a better receiver. Like I put him higher on my top ten list, but. I don't know what I I said. I know I said that AJ Brown would be a better fantasy receiver. I don't know what I said. Something something along those lines, though. And uh, you know, it, it was a good game. I didn't get to watch too much of this one. Jonathan Taylor really wasn't like going too crazy. But Michael Pittman, man, Michael Pittman, another two touchdown game. And uh, <coughs> I, I like the man. That. He he is. I texted you about it. I don't know if I mentioned it on the last show. Michael Pittman is going to be a problem. Michael Pittman is so good. I really wanted the Colts to draft Rashad Bateman because I think they needed that number one guy. But I don't think they drafted him because they knew they already had their number one guy, Michael Pittman. That man, he looks so good on the field. That man looks so good on the field. Michael Pittman is is like actually like a player I really like these days. Yeah, I you you are really high on Michael Pittman. What did you tell me the other day, like that you thought he was gonna be like a top ten receiver in the next couple of years? Yeah, I did say that. Something along those lines. Yeah, Joe's very high on Pittman. I like Pittman. I don't think I don't. I'm not quite that high on. But um, I guess moving on. This game is not too interesting. Houston and the Rams. Um, the Rams <laughs> win it 38 to 22. Um, I would say they were winning like. They were winning like 33 nothing or something, and, and then the Houston just randomly picked it up at the, towards the end of the game. Um, 
when the Rams started laying off the gas pedal. By the way, Matt Stafford had a very, very good game. <clears throat> Cooper Cup had another game of over 100 yards on a touchdown, on pace to break the all-time receiving yards record, um, which is just insane for me to think of. Just like Cooper Cup last year versus Cooper Cup this year, it's it's an astonishing difference. Um, but yeah, this, there's not much to talk about in this game. Jonathan Greenard got another sack. The dude is having himself a really nice season. Yeah. Uh, the Cooper Cup has as many yards this year at week eight as he did like all of last year. He's been going off. I have him on fa- in fantasy, and oh my goodness, he is absolutely carrying. That's <laughs> he's not carrying. I saw I put up like 140 a week, um, because he's just go. He's insane. He is Jeez. at this point. He is like. <laughs> the most untradable player. Like I don't think you can send me any package right now for Cooper Cup the way he's been playing, because that's thirty points in one spot, like yeah. consistently for like the past couple weeks in a row. It's insane. Dude is an absolute beast. Um, <laughs> I guess, I guess. Um, moving on, another like strange game, Philly and Detroit. There are a lot of people talking about how this could be Detroit's first win of the season. This week, and Philly comes out and murders them, 44 to six. Um, and it's so weird because this was Philly's best game of the season, but like Jalen Hurts' worst game of the season. He didn't throw any picks or anything. He had like 140 yards and like no touchdowns, no picks. Like he's on my fantasy team. He's my quarterback, and he put up a cool like 11 points. And I was like, all right, Jalen Hurts. Um, but it was like Boston Scott had two touchdowns, and Kenneth Gainwell had two touchdowns. So like, and Darius Slay had a Fumble recovery touchdowns. It's just lots of stuff, but no, no, there's not too much I can say about it. Goff, I don't think Goff even threw. Goff might have thrown like one pick, but really, it wasn't that poor of a game from Goff. DeAndre Swift didn't really get going. He usually gets really gets it going, especially in the receiving game, but he never really got much going. Hawkinson didn't get much going, and just the Lions kind of just took a poop on this one. Yeah, uh, I will be back. In a second, I have to go fill up my bottle. bottle. Yeah, okay. So, <clears throat> next game, next game. San Francisco, Chicago. <clears throat> this game is another one that wasn't all that interesting. Uh, Fields had himself a nice game, actually, kind of. He still only had, like, 170 passing yards, uh, one touchdown, one pick. But he also had 100 rushing yards and a touchdown, which was funny to me. Uh, his, his touchdown was caught by the man, the myth, the legend, Jesse James, former Steeler. Um, every time I mention Jesse James's name, I feel obligated to tell you that uh, that was a touchdown versus New England in like 2018, whatever that was. Um, <clears throat> I feel obligated to tell you that. But <clears throat> uh, Jimmy Garoppolo came out and played a really nice game, 300 yards for for him. Elijah Mitchell was very good, like 130 some, 40 some rushing yards and a touchdown for Elijah Mitchell, a rookie. He's been quietly one of the best rookie running backs this season, um, looking very good for for San Francisco down there. And, yeah, Debo Samuel did his thing. Uh, Nick Bosa did his thing. Defensively, they were looking good. And they get the 11-point win in Chicago. Um, I guess Joe's not here. We'll just move on to the next game, Carolina and Atlanta. Um, This was one Atlanta ended up losing because, obviously, they uh, did not have Calvin Ridley because of stuff we talked about before. With the uh, the mental health stuff, he stepped away for that, full respect for that. Um, But... Carolina takes the win here without McCaffrey. Darnold went down towards the end of the game with a like concussion protocol or something. 
he should be back next week. But, but PJ Walker had to come in and end the game. Um, but Carolina wins this one by six. Um, solid game for for Chuba Hubbard. Um, Sam Darnold, you know, kind of a wishy-washy game for him, as kind of all of his games recently have been. But it's just really tough for Atlanta. Cordero Patterson caught a touchdown and had like 80 yards. Um, it's really tough for for Atlanta without Calvin Ridley, without Julio Jones, obviously, uh, this whole year. <coughs> He's become a little bit more difficult. Mike Davis was not exactly the pickup that they had anticipated. Um, it's looking like his success in Carolina may have been more of a scheme fit than anything else. Um, but I'd like to mention that Cordero Patterson is a top 10 fantasy running back right now. I just want to throw that out there. Um, that's just a very, very strange fact to me that Cordero Patterson is a top 10 fantasy running back. I picked him up in my main league. Um, so my I currently have Christian McCaffrey, Najee Harris, and Cordero Patterson. So my running backs are sitting pretty, and I'm hitting my stride in that league. But um, <clears throat> not too much to say at that one. Miami and Buffalo, another one there's not too much to say. Going into halftime, up until like – the last minute of the second quarter, this game's tied like three to three. Miami's defense was really holding up on on the Bills, which was good. And then obviously the Bills scored right before halftime, making it ten three, and then never really looked back. Twenty six to eleven for Buffalo. Josh Allen had a good game. Cole Beasley had a hundred receiving yards. Um, you just know what happens with Buffalo. They're going to wear you down offensively. They're such a good team. Miami actually played a really good game, holding Buffalo to twenty six points is actually solid. Um, and they. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, Miami's defense did a good job, but they fills it out towards the end, especially in the first half. Miami was really keeping it close. But, um, yeah, so Miami-Buffalo, Joe. You got any thoughts? It wasn't that cool. Uh, I didn't like to watch that game, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, it was not really exciting, to say the least. Yeah, <laughs> that is uh, a fair assessment. So I guess we'll move on to New England and the Chargers, which was a kind of surprise game for me. I thought the Chargers would kind of <clears throat> have this one handily, but New England is hitting their stride now. Um, Belichick, if we all we know, we all know the first like month of the season, Belichick kind of experiments and isn't as good as uh, necessarily he as he can really be. And then once he gets his experimentation, is he strives at the end of the season. And I think that's kind of what's happening. Mac Jones has a solid game with like 200 yards. Um, Damian Harris has like like 70 yards and two touchdowns or something. Damian Harris has been actually really solid these past couple <clears throat> these past couple weeks. I drafted Damian Harris thinking that he was going to be solid, and then like the first like five weeks of the season he was butt cheeks, and I dropped him, and now he's actually doing good. So of course, but I got Cordell Patterson like I said. So I now have three top ten, or I, I guess I have two top ten running backs and one guy that was a top ten running back before he got hurt. So my running back room is. Stacked right now in fantasy. My fantasy team is stacked <clears throat> as well. Uh, I have yeah, Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase, uh, Austin Eckler, Ezekiel Elliott. I have Cordell Cordell Patterson, uh, Joe Mixon, Dalton Schultz, Tom Brady. Uh, and then like, yeah, so it's stacked. But I don't actually know if I'm gonna win because my league isn't like huge. Like it's kind of not becoming hugely active anymore, sadly, <clears throat> which was kind of my fear, because uh, now it's like the only league I'm in. And, but there's one team, like one person just quit and just traded like all of his good players to another person. Oh, so there's just like one team that's super stacked. And I, I keep trying that's to the worst. It. I hate it when commissioners don't veto that. Yeah. I, I voted to veto it, but I guess uh, I still went through, and then he just traded... He traded Henry Ruggs for uh, 
<laughs> Travis Kelsey to like the other guy. So now the one guy just has a super stacked team. And I don't know if I'll still beat that guy or not. But oh jeez. But that, we'll, that's we'll rough. See. That's the stuff we'll that see. commissioners need to like look at and veto. Let's see. Like I would like I don't normally want you to veto trades, but I, really I say veto. don't veto trades if they're legit. Like even if it's a really bad trade, if it's like clearly like a legit trade, in my opinion, it should not be vetoed. But when like you get it's just like annoying. Yeah, for sure. When, when something like that should not. That's just not fair. Like that's yeah. just yeah, that's just really stupid in my opinion. But yeah, I agree. But it is what it is. Um. But yeah, that game, Justin Herbert struggled. Um, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen had like 70 yards and a touchdown, but Mike Williams did not live up to what he was doing earlier in the season. Um, and yeah, Mac Jones just played his game. Bill Belichick out-schemed Brandon Staley, and New England was able to come up with a win, which was very surprising. Adrian Phillips had a pair of interceptions, one of them going for a touchdown. One of them was kind of bad, like looking like the receiver just was not paying any attention on them. So this after two games with two disappointing teams, the Dolphins and the Chargers are two teams that had high expectations coming into the year, but have uh, not exactly met them. Which team do you think is the most disappointing team this year? I think Miami for sure. A lot of people have been saying Washington recently. I'm going Miami. Um, I just think they were like a fringe playoff team, ten and six last season. I came into this, everyone was expecting Tua to take this big leap, and I understand that there's been a lot of injuries, but like their team's terrible. They're like one and seven or something. Yeah, I I'm with you there too. The Dolphins. Yeah, I've heard the Washington too, Washington football team as well in that discussion. But I don't I don't see it like because like obviously they're not doing that good, but they also don't have they're starting quarterback because of injury, and that's obviously going to play into it as well. So like, yeah. I don't think they're disappointing when you factor that in. Like, they're just interesting. I, don't know. I, I, I would agree with that. Um, obviously, I still think I don't think there's a humongous gap between uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick and uh, Taylor Heineke, but I think the gap is there. And uh, Fitzpatrick's obviously like a veteran guy, and Heineke's a little bit more of an inexperienced starter. Also, yeah. please rest Antonio Gibson, please. Like he's just let him let him rest. He's so he's hurt. Let him rest, please. Um, there's my yeah. Weekly, they keep please. making him play through injuries like week after week after week, and he just looks like bad. <laughs> there's my plea for the Washington football team. Please rest Antonio Gibson. Um, but I guess we'll do their game next because why not? Washington and Denver. Um, <clears throat> this was. A pretty good game. Um, it it kind of came down to the wire. Not too, too exciting. The final score, Denver won it by 7, 10 to 17. It kind of came down to, like, the fourth quarter. Heineke threw, like, a deep bomb to the end zone, and it got picked by Denver and uh, to, to secure the 17 to 10 victory. Justin Simmons had two picks in this game. Um, and Denver, you know, you know what Teddy Bridgewater does. He comes out and he plays efficient football. You know, he spreads the ball around a lot. So it's just Jerry Judy was finally back for like the first game in a while. Um, he was out obviously since like week one or week two. Uh, he finally came back and had himself, you know, an okay game to to start it back off. But uh, yeah, Denver uh, seventeen, Washington ten. Nothing too too interesting with that one. Um, so next, what's the next one we got here? We're gonna go up to Jacksonville 
versus Seattle for this next game. Um, and we're going to – Seattle blew them out, 31-7. And while <clears throat> I do believe that fully healthy, uh, this would not be a score that would surprise me, um, without Russell Wilson, the score surprised me. Um, the way Juno Smith had been playing the previous couple of games, it did surprise me that he just destroyed Jacksonville. Jacksonville coming off of, like, their first win. Um, just getting murdered by Geno Smith and company. DK Metcalf had a really nice touchdown. Um, <clears throat> and Geno Smith was just balling, spreading the rock around. I don't think he had any picks. I think he had a couple of interceptions or a couple of touchdowns. Looking really good. Um, Trevor Lawrence had a pick. I think he only had like one pick. But Josh Allen for defensively for the for the Jaguars had a really nice game. It's just the, Geno Smith balled. Geno Smith balled. Uh, the WVU product, I definitely did not expect Gina to come out here and perform like he did after the weeks that he was having. But, hey, Pete Carroll came out, out-schemed Urban Meyer. Gina Smith did his thing, and um, it's a big W for Seattle. Yeah, uh, Gina Smith was just in his bag, as he said. He's out there kind of playing, uh, you know, he played a solid game, and he was like, he was just feeling it. You could just kind of see he had Tyler Lockett had a good game. It was, it was good all around football from them. Yeah, I wouldn't. I thought I'd keep it closer because uh, Trevor Lawrence. I can't. I I don't know how I feel about his rookie campaign so far. It's definitely been a little bit underwhelming, but yeah. Uh, at times you see you still see the flashes because he's he's obviously a very very good prospect. You know nobody's questioning that yet, but it's definitely not been that great. Like. I don't think any of the rookie quarterbacks. Other, I mean, honestly, other than Mac Jones, none of the rookie quarterbacks have really played that well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I guess next game, Tampa Bay, New Orleans. This is an interesting one because it was seven to seven in the second quarter when Jameis Winston got injured on a horse collar tackle, which is it, that's really rough to see even more. It's rough to see someone tear their ACL. But obviously, it's even more rough to see when it's on an illegal play. Um, they got flagged for horse collar tackle. They grabbed him by, by back of the jersey, like top back of the jersey, and dragged him down. Which is this is the exact reason why you're not allowed to do that because it gets play. It's very easy to like it happened to Jameis and got his legs caught under him. He fell back on his legs, and there goes his ACL. Um, and Taysom Hill was hurt for this game. Taysom Hill was not available going into this game. So the backup quarterback was a guy that if, we, if you guys have been watching football for a little while, you know that you'll re- recognize the name Trevor Simeon. Um, Trevor Simeon took over. If you remember, after Peyton Manning um, started being butt cheeks his last season, Brock Osweiler took over. Um, and then Peyton Manning obviously came back for the Super Bowl. But Brock Osweiler, that next offseason, signed with the Texans for like a humongous, like a $70 million deal. I think it was like $74 million for Brock Osweiler. Yeah, it was, it was massive. It was crazy. And then, and then um, Trevor Simeon took over. They had Paxton Lynch and Trevor Simeon. They drafted Paxton Lynch in the first round. Everyone's like, all right, well, Paxton Lynch is going to start. I was a huge Paxton Lynch fan. He's one of my favorite players in the draft. And then... Uh, Trevor Simeon won the starting spot and started most of the games that year. And um, for like two straight years, Trevor Simeon started for them. Um, they never heard from him since. Uh, since they got, uh, and then they went to, was it, did they give Sam Bradford for a year or did they go straight to Case Keenum? I think that was straight to Case. Yeah, okay. So they went to Case Keenum for a year and then they were like 
Joe Flacco and Drew Locke, and then Drew Locke took Joe Flacco's spot because Joe Flacco had like neck spasms or something. And then here we are with Bridgewater. Um, but yeah, Simeon came into this game, and for whatever reason, Sean Payton is, I guess, a genius because he was like, you know what, whichever Simeon, I'm just, I feel like I know Trevor Simeon well enough that I'm just not going to change my game plan at all. And all of the same things that we're going to do with Jameis Winston, we're going to do with Trevor Simeon. And boy, was he up for the task. He was lights out. He was lights out. He had like a really high completion percentage, uh, like a touchdown or two with no interceptions. And he was getting the most random people involved ever. Like he did not like throw the ball to like any starters. It almost seemed like he came off of like the practice squad and was like, I'm determined to help all my practice squad boys like get roster spots. And he came out like he threw a touchdown to a guy that like hadn't caught the hadn't caught the ball in like two years. He was throwing the ball. He threw the ball. This guy had like two career receptions and he threw the ball to him like five straight times. I think I mean, that's fair, though. He probably like those are probably the guys he's practicing with. Like, yeah, he probably was. More than like I a, mean, he had chemistry with these guys. So Simeon was yeah. just getting these dudes involved, and it was fun. Anyway, it was really fun to watch. And let me just <laughs> – not only was Simeon out here, and you think that, like, you're facing Tampa Bay. It's like, oh, this was a funny story. Simeon came in and, you know, and got to play versus Tom Brady. Trevor Simeon beat Tom Brady in the box. The 6-1 the six and one at the time, Tampa Bay Buccaneers – Come into this game expecting a W. Jameis Winston goes down. They're like, we're going to win by 40. And Trevor Simeon comes in here and balls out. That defense plays so well. Tom Brady throws a couple of late picks. New Orleans wins 36 to 27. And Trevor Simeon gets the win over Tom Brady. I was I texted Joe soon, like the second the game ended, because I was watching that game. And I texted Joe the second ended. I was like, Trevor Simeon just beat Tom Brady. Like, what has our world come to? What has our world come to? It was just such a funny scenario. It was, <coughs> yeah, because it was it was such a wild week for black for backup quarterbacks. Trevor Simeon, Mike White. Uh, there was one more. Who was it? Uh, uh, not are you thinking of Heineke? Well, Trevor Simeon, Mike White. Was there another one? I swear to you, there was. I swear. Let me check something. Geno Smith. Yes. Geno Smith. Smith. The WVU man. He balled. He balled. Yeah. Crazy. But that was a good game. New Orleans defense is very under. I think New Orleans defense is probably top five in the league at this point. Like, currently, they're like the way they're playing, they're playing so well. Like, they're not a defensive team. Yeah. They're looking so good currently, but um, they beat Tom Brady in the box and are currently like a game, like half a game out of the lead in the NFC South somehow. But obviously, I think that's gonna fall now that Jameis is gone. But yeah, just funny to th- to think about. Um, yeah. So the NFL money, is in such an interesting spot. It definitely is. Um, <clears throat> so two games left. Sunday Night Football, the Dallas Cowboys and the Minnesota Vikings. Dak Prescott goes through practice all week, goes through pregame warm-ups, and then decides that he can't play. And Cooper Rush gets the start. <laughs> and we're like, okay, easy win for, for Captain Kirk and the Vikes. And what do you know? Cooper Rush, another one. We didn't even mention Cooper Rush. 
It's Geno Smith, Cooper Rush, Mike White, and Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon. <laughs> all go. securing the bags, all getting W's here. But Cooper Rush comes out and leads the Dallas Cowboys to a W. Um, and this was surprising. Cap- Kirk Cousins had an efficient game. I'd like to just point out how good of a season Kirk Cousins is having. Um, the dude is performing very well and very efficiently. Nobody likes to give Kirk Cousins any respect, but he's been very good. Um, you know, um, Adam Thielen had a nice game. Justin Jefferson kind of kind of did not perform very well. <clears throat> Was it Trayvon Diggs? I, I've been seeing everyone being like, Trayvon Diggs locked up Justin Jefferson. I don't know if I'm going to say that that was the case, but he certainly didn't have a great week. Um, and defensively, Daniel Hunter went out of that game, and that just kind of was a whole struggle in its own right for Minnesota. But Randy Gregory was getting a crazy amount of pressure in this game for Dallas. Like, that dude <clears throat> was going at it. Um, it was just, I don't know what the deal was with Randy Gregory, but he was off of park. He was <clears throat> absolutely going at Kirk Cousins. Um, he got he got one sack and like a bunch of pressures, but this was just a really surprising game. This is really disappoint, disappointing if you're in Minnesota coming into a game and losing to Dallas without Dak Prescott. And honestly, when do we start thinking that Dallas is like one of the best football teams in the league? Like, what is the point yeah. where we're where like Dallas? It's not like Dallas has an easy schedule, and it's like Dallas is very good. I don't yeah. know when we're gonna get to that point, but they're like seven and one. They are, yeah, six and one. Um, but yeah, their offense. We are, we know, we know we have in their offense. Their offense is crazy, but their defense <clears throat> has really started to play well. And yeah, right near Gregory has had a really good year. Obviously, Diggs, who we all know about because he's kind of becoming an interception machine. But like Micah Parsons is like kind of an attacking machine, and like even like Vander Etch hasn't really been that bad uh, as that second middle linebacker. Like, Cowboys, they could be scary. They really could be. Mm, yeah. They are looking better and better by the week. But, um, we got one more game here remaining. And that was the Monday Night Football game. It just happened, uh, like, last night. The New York Giants and the Kansas City Chiefs. We came into this and we're like, okay, the Chiefs have, have been struggling recently but there's they're gonna blow out the Giants they this was a very close game um <clears throat> Patrick Mahomes threw two interceptions <clears throat> but if we're being honest were you able to watch that game no I was not sadly Patrick Mahomes threw two interceptions they were not his fault they were not his fault <laughs> there was one where okay I guess I'll, I'll say they were partially his fault but they were not really his fault the first one I'm not even gonna say it was his fault on the first one, he jumps up and rifles one in to, I want to say, Demarcus Robinson. And I think the ball was just a little bit too hard for Robinson, and it kind of hit off his hands. And then it hit off his hands, hit off somebody else's foot, bounced super high up in the air, and then on the way down, uh, somebody was able to slide in and make an interception on it in the end zone on the way down. Um, there was another one that slipped right through the receiver's hands, right, and in, in, <clears throat> for an interception. And while Mahomes has struggled with ball placement and um, just decision making this season overall, um, he's had a lot of interceptions that I just wouldn't really say are his fault. Like Tyree Kill has like handed the defense multiple interceptions this season. Yeah, um, he actually has. It's insane. 
Um, I Kelsey took a poop. I needed the Chiefs defense and Travis Kelsey to combine for more points than Devontae Booker. And I was to win my fantasy matchup, and I was feeling very good about it. And the Chiefs defense put up like six, and Travis Kelsey put up like two. He was terrible until like the last drive. He had negative points. He had like a one reception for like that is ten yards on the last drive that like brought him up. But he was at negative a point six five because he had like one catch for like three yards and a fumble. That is absolutely <laughs> it was terrible. But anyway, um, for the Giants, Daniel Jones looked okay. He also threw some picks, so it wasn't that good. Devontae Booker was probably the best player in the field uh, yeah. for for the Giants at least. They they didn't get Kadarius Tony as involved as I thought they should have after the week that he had the last time he was playing um, with 189 yards. But either way, Kansas City goes and wins it with a field goal towards the end of the game. But there were just so many instances where Kansas City could have won and they didn't. Like, like they got down. Like, obviously, not like, like they could have won. They could have kept this game not really that close, and they didn't. They could have done. They could have made a touchdown the first quarter, but it was the bogus interception by Patrick Mahomes, and there was the second like wishy-washy pick for Patrick Mahomes, and they were starting a solid drive, and just obviously like I understand that some of that is going to be the reason why it was close, but like. I am worried about Kansas City. Like, this is the Giants, and they only beat the Giants by three points. Like, I'm just – I'm moderately worried about Kansas City. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're 4-4 four and four right now, and their offense really isn't that bad. Like, on, on occasion, their offense will have a little bit of ugly moments. Their defense is so bad. It's, their defense is horrible. It is. <coughs> like – Dallas Cowboys yeah. last year levels of bad, like Ooh. it's it's really ugly. <laughs> so I, I can I would imagine they'll be able to pick it up to some extent by the end of the year. But like if I'm a Chiefs fan, I am worrying the littlest bit, just a little bit. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> that's fair. And that does it for our week eight analysis. Um, of all the week eight games, it was a good episode. Um, week eight was an entertaining week. I will move on. It was to, obviously the next week, week nine. Um, and it's looking, it's looking good. Um, so far this season, I've been pleased with this season. I'm disappointed of the injuries that we had. I'm disappointed we're not going to get to see King Henry anymore for for the next while. I'm disappointed that we're not going to get to see Jameis for the rest of the season. Um, <clears throat> two players that I enjoy watching you know whether you like them or not you got to enjoy it they're very fun players to watch very um they're for sure entertaining um and yeah that's least. rough to see but i was the training the the trade deadline was not nearly as fun as i would have anticipated but you live and learn sometimes the trade deadlines aren't as fun as usual usually like the first day of free agency is like 10 times more fun than the trade deadline that um, is very true but free agency is hype like when yeah. you see your favorite team sign players and you see big names go to like oh, there's nothing whether really there's nothing better whatever. there's nothing better this year NBA free agency for me was so amazing that was actually crazy yeah because I'm a Bulls fan as you guys know and they made so many moves in the off season every time like right before free agency starts I turn on my notification my post notifications on Twitter for Woj and Shams so I get notifications of every signing and um nothing. Nothing makes me happier than like going on my phone and seeing 
uh, Chicago Bulls sign Lonzo Ball. I was like, what? Let's go. And then I see Chicago Bulls sign Alex Caruso. I was like, holy moly, we're balling. Chicago Bulls sign DeMar DeRozan. Like, oh my goodness. This is so nice. Chicago Bulls finally trade Larry Markin and, and get Derek Jones Jr. out of the deal. And I was like, dude, could life get any better? Um, <clears throat> that made me very happy. I got to see Pacers resign T.J. McConnell. <clears throat> hey, you signed Tory Craig. We signed Tory Craig. It was so hype. But it, uh, hey, it is what it is. It is what it, it is. It is what it is. Shy, it is what it is. Shy Town is going crazy. DeMar DeRozan dropped 37 last, or last night. Right? Shy Town rep, baby. Shy Town yeah. represent. We're 6 and 1. We're 6 and 1. Don't sleep. Don't Chester sleep on the back, baby. Though, and the Steelers and the Pacers are now finally deciding they're going to show up and play a little bit of basketball. So. Yes, good. sir. Yes, sir. Is uh, is TJ Warren playing? No, not yet. Okay, I didn't think so. I swear that man has not played in like three years. I know. I swear, TJ, TJ Warren has not played since the bubble. I swear. Yeah, bro. Since he was he's, dropping he, like 50 play bombs in, in the bubble. Of, he's con- uh, like just constantly in a state of torn ACL. I swear. <laughs> I know. Since the bubble, since he was dropping 50 in the bubble, I've not seen him since. Yeah. Like I genuinely don't think I've watched TJ Warren play basketball since then. It's I like I have I definitely haven't. <laughs> I have I have not seen him play. Since he was fighting with Jimmy Butler in the playoffs, that's like the last thing I remember. Yeah. Hey, you want something, you lose something, but. Yeah, that's true. Hopefully, Jimmy one comes back. That would be hype. Hype for the Pacers fans. For the Bulls, yes, I'm feeling good about my life. Even though Patrick Williams is out for the season, that really frustrates me. But I'm still feeling good about my life. The Bulls are 6 and 1, and we're still doing good. We are so. Pacers are two and two and six. I thought it was two and six, but it might be. You probably have played an extra game, more like one more game than us. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I wish that there was less games in the NBA. It's too hard for me to keep up with all of them, and I never get. Yeah, to I can never like keep it. Like you know, you never really like keep up with the records, but I enjoy being able to like any given night watch an NBA game. That's fair. That's actually fair. <clears throat> I love like. Just being able to get home no matter what day it is and just being able to turn on the TV and watch a team play basketball. Yeah. <clears throat> it just makes me happy. I'm excited to hope it's been some of that soon. For sure. For sure. It's been a good episode. Our week eight analysis. Um, we'll be back with you soon. You got any parting word for him, Joe? Uh, not at this moment. Unless you do. No, I, I don't think I do. Um this is an earlier recording session for us than we usually have. So um, usually yeah. we just we're just getting started at this time. It's ten fifty six. Usually we're like starting right now. Yeah. And usually we've just we've just been chatting for a little bit and we're like just now and starting the recording. So Yeah. Um, I'm like normally not this tired, but I want to get this done. So hopefully we can do power rankings at the end of the week. There we go. There we go. So Yeah. Um it's been a good one, guys. And uh, from us here at the Colonel Joe Show, we are peace. In.